Welcome, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, I'm just glad you're here. You're listening to Get Real with Coach E Podcast. Pull up that chair, sink back in that sofa, lay back in that recliner, grab that drink, grab that snack, throw that blanket over them toes, turn up that radio down in your car, turn up that boombox in the gym. Let's get this thing rolling, let's enjoy this together. Welcome back, thanks for tuning in to Get Real with Coach E Podcast. We are back with Tim Luce. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for doing part two. We're on episode three of this journey, and I'm excited to continue uh, this story of yours. We talked a lot about where you're at coaching um, and how brotherhood tied into all of that. But let's get a little bit more into why Coach Tim is Coach Tim. Um, So let's just get started with who along the way has been a little bit of a motivation or um, has had that impact in your life to, to be the type of coach that you are? Uh, I mean, well, I've had several influences over um, the last few years in coaching, and um, I got one uh, real early uh, in coaching. I think it was my first coaching clinic. We, you know, as you as you know, as you do, uh, we go to these coaching clinics every year to try and sharpen our skills and um, take notes from other coaches. And um, that year, one of our speakers was uh, a gentleman named David Caesar, and uh, he is um, at that time he was America's winningest youth football coach um and he was there through america football um or uh football usa or um one of those programs but glazer the glazer group puts on this um clinic and we're up there and we're listening to him talk and so he has this auditorium full of stinky grown men just like you and i and um (laughs) it, it smells like a locker room and we're all in there ready to take notes and he goes up on stage and and he says, uh, how many in the room remember their very first coach? And, uh, you know, out of 60 to 75 people, everybody raised their hand, mm-hmm. every single guy in there. And there was guys that were, you know, in their late teens to all the way up well into their 50s. And I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. Every single hand was raised. Everybody had remembered their first coach. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh, and then so everybody put their hands down and then he said, now, how many of you guys are youth coaches? Um, and then, you know, probably a third of the room raised their hand. And um, I was part of that third. And uh, and he says, now, I want you guys all to really listen up here. And he goes, do you guys see how many hands are in the air when I asked how many of you remember your first coach? And uh, and, you know, we all kind of nodded. Yeah. And and he says, now that that's up to you of what kind of impression that's going to be for that child. Um, and so he asked the question, he goes, let me ask you guys all this question now at that first coach, how many of you, was it a good impression and not every hand was raised. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, um, I took it right then kind of as a oath, so to speak, that I will do everything when my, within my power to make sure every kid that has an experience with me is a positive experience that, that they're going to remember me because I mean, you you know, as well as I do coaching youth sports, every season could be, you'll, you'll have a kid that it's their first season. Right. Uh, You know, some kids start later for uh, whatever reason, you know, maybe they played other sports and they got out of that and started to work into it. Maybe mom and dad took a while to warm up to football. Mm -hmm. Um, All these things come into play, but uh, the, um, that, that, mental image of my first coach 
you know, hitting me over the head with a whistle <laughs> and, you know, yelling at you and, and doing the things that from our day, you know, sports changed quite a bit, you know, yeah. coaching has changed quite a bit. And I, and I like to think for the better. Um, I think you and I agree a lot in coaching style that it doesn't need to be so soft, mm-hmm. um, that you, you can kind of be, uh, rough with some of these kids and they, they, um, they receive it well and, right, and right. they take the coaching fine. Um, and, it's those type of things that we want to continue. Right. Because mm-hmm. as you well know, big life, right. You're not always going to get talked to the way oh, you yeah. want to be talked to and things aren't always going to go the way that you want them to go. And, um, it's how you handle that, which, you know, defines you. Right. right so, um, it's really important. We teach lessons, you know, that are going to carry these gentlemen and, or, you know, sometimes ladies, I guess we have yeah. some girls on the team, but, um, that's going to carry them for the rest of their lives. It's right. the same lessons that I learned when I was on the football field, the accountability, the discipline, all those things that, that we teach these kids um, are things that could always use refinement in right. my opinion. Right. We always can do better. Mm-hmm. So um, David Caesar, man, he was, he was a, a big time motivator, but I have other coaches like within the community. You motivate me sometimes, you know, just um, you can take bits and pieces. That's the pleasure of building this brotherhood too. Right. I can right. bounce things off of you. Hey bro, I need to, um, I'm, I'm having an issue with my defensive coordinator. Um, he's not getting my kids off the ball um, on time or they're not disciplined enough off the snap or, or, or whatever, man. What what kind of things can you tell me? Oh, well, we use uh, this drill in our practice right. um, and things like that. We can we can continue to build that brotherhood just like you and I have right now. You work for a completely different organization than I do. And um, we'll scrimmage our kids so we can continue to sharpen those skills. We don't, we don't even play in the same league. Right. Um, fact is your guys' um, organization is continue, is considered to at least to us somewhat of a select league to where you've got, <laughs> and I know, I don't think that I don't, I honestly don't think they, they, Sumner Wolfpack likes to be referred to as a select league, but yeah. um, there are, I mean, They've got some studs over there. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot of numbers. And as you well know, strength in numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we love iron sharpens iron, baby. Yeah. I was just thinking. So, that, yeah. Uh, we, we love that. And like we talked about in our last podcast, uh, um, that rivalry that our kids have, mm-hmm. man, hopefully they can they can build on that and keep that rivalry going all the way through high school because. We have a lot of fun out on that field, oh, man. And if that yeah. continues, tradition is what's up in in uh, Puyallup and Sumner. Let me right, tell you guys. Right. Yeah, and so, and like with that said, um, on a on a lighter note too, there, there's a little bit of that impact. You know, I shared it in, in my journey. There's a couple of those coaches along the way that um, maybe are peers, right? As, as coaches that have impacted you. Is there is there anything um, a little bit maybe like more recent or like or closer to home that? Uh, a brother, a, a coaching brother has impacted your, your life or maybe your style of coaching. Cause I know for, for me, and the reason why I, I chose you to be the first guest on this podcast is because the way you motivate a team, you can have a small team. You can have, as far as size, you can have a small team as far as a roster, but man, you, you know how to get these kids to buy in and do their thing. Is there anything that, um, that a coach maybe more closer to home has done for you? Hundred percent, and that for and as soon as you start mentioning that, the first person I think about, and you know him well, Eric Boos. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, he and if, if you guys that are listening, if you don't know him, uh, Google him because he's, <laughs> he's he's kind of a big deal. Um, he was he was a a, a professional boxer. Um, he's just and he's just the most just 
I mean, if you can't see this man and see God and just his the love that he has when he just gives you a big hug and he just tells you how much he misses you and he loves you and and he motivates you to do those things. And when your kids see, I mean, he's a large yeah, man. He is he is a very he is a big man and um and he takes care of himself. So he's not like a big fat guy or anything like that. He's <laughs> he's in the gym, he's working out, he's uh he's he's swole, man. He's a big dude. He played uh semi-pro football and he's he's coaching with us on the lacrosse field he's coached with us in football i mean he is just a joy to have on the sideline because he is infectious like you say uh my ability to motivate these kids and um and get them to to kind of buy in he 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 makes me look like a first year coach Mm -hmm. i mean he just has a natural ability to get people behind him and i i would follow that man into the 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 fieriest of pits and 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 not bat an eye about doing it he's just such a motivational guy and his joy when things are yes you can hear him from all the way across the stadium and and that's been said about me too i'm a very loud and kind of in in your face kind of guy and i've had to learn to tone that down and put a a professional side to that too right because i thought you go out there with raw emotion and uh you know, you're liable to get in trouble and, <laughs> right, yeah. and, and I've gotten in trouble. I've, yeah. um, I don't think I might've been ejected from a game one time, uh, <laughs> in the seven years. And I think it was for a year I was assistant coach and I backed up my head coach on a, on a, on a call that we didn't quite agree with. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, we didn't handle it very well. Uh, we were kind of loud and in the heat of the moment right. and, um, didn't handle it professionally at all. And that was a very good learning moment for me right there. So, um, I try to handle myself a lot more professionally now. <laughs> so going back, uh, David Caesar. Yeah. Um, so talking about going back to, to the impact that that, yeah, that first coach had. So if we're talking about what do the kids call you, Coach Tim, or just yeah. just Coach Tim? Okay, I, I just Coach Tim. Well, no, not just no, Coach Tim. No, sorry, it's well, the, no, the I, I, magnificent. Because you, know, you know, I go by Coach E because a lot of the rural yeah. guys can't even say Enrique, Enrique, right? So I have to go like Coach E. So I didn't That's know. So funny, I, yeah. So, but um, but with that said, um, so when they think of Coach Tim, and when when you're thinking about the way you want to um, introduce yourself, and then also have that impact in their lives, what what legacy do you want to leave? How do you want kids to view you? Or maybe talk about you down the road. Uh, I, the brotherhood, man. I, I honestly do, and it, so I believe that my children are my legacy. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to leave this world. I don't have a big mansion. I don't have a ton of property. I don't have a ton of possessions to leave behind. But I do have three amazing children, and um, Lord willing, they live long, fruitful, um, successful lives long after I'm gone. And um, they are my legacy. And I would like. Um, for the kids that I encounter or the people. I, I want everybody that, like I said, I want to be able to treat everybody that I encounter the same way. Um, you know, I want to I want to be able to embrace those as uh, a brother, even though they're not my brother, um, but be able to treat them as if they were. And I want the kids to see that I help show them that, that I help show them that that was a good thing, that I help maybe build their brotherhood with these other kids or introduce brotherhood to them. Some of these kids 
are only kids, right. you know, they, right. they're, they're, they're only children at home. They don't have siblings. And, um, some of them are, are very, um, re recluse in that they, all they want to do when they are home is sit in their rooms and play video games yeah. and they really rarely get out and have social interaction. So mom and dad put them in a sport, right? So you have to learn to try and get these kids to adapt and the rest of the group to adapt to them. And, and so it's like, I, uh, I mentioned use I think before, but um, it's to, to me it's not about the X's and O's, man. It's really not. It's it, it for me. I think every staff ought to have a coach on board that isn't there for the X's and O's, that isn't there for the um, the fundamentals and the plays and all that stuff. Again, granted, all that stuff is very very important, but I strongly believe that somebody should be continuously focused on the experience that these children are getting. Mm -hmm. um, what, even if you're winning, if you're undefeated and you've got a kid that hasn't played very much or isn't getting their potential realized or yeah. um, something like that, to me, that's a failed season. Right. You know, if I got a kid that didn't get to get to play time or didn't get to recognize their potential or they don't come back the next season or they didn't have any love developed for the sport out of that season, then I didn't do my job, right. you know? And so I firmly believe that that is your job as head coach is the experience and the safety of your athletes. Mm -hmm. Right. I should have said safety first, but, <laughs> but you, you get, you get what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. That's it. That is the utmost importance. I believe from any head coach is making sure these kids have a good experience and yeah, winning is going to help that yeah. experience yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you got to have the right that, and I, I believe you got to have the right people in place to make sure that that win happens. So you got the best guy you can find for X's and O's for these kids that has the time to, and that's the other struggle, right? You might have this great person in mind that you think is going to be this outstanding coach for these kids, but they don't have any time to volunteer. Right. This isn't a paid gig. You know, I can't put my life on hold or do any of that. So a lot of times you're just left with dads that are there that are like, yeah, I played in high school. Mm -hmm. I can hold a bag, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and you end up, and that's what I was. Right, I mean, right. I wasn't a coach before I, I got out there. I was just a dad trying to be on the football field with my son Yeah, and, and learn that there was a need in that. Like you said, I, I kind of have a way with motivating and mm -hmm. getting people to, to, or, 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 you know, getting the program to buy into what we need to buy into. Right. And, um, I recognize that about myself and it kind of made me feel like, it kind of made me feel like I was in the right place. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. at the beginning when I was saying I was, I was looking for, um, you know, a purpose that I was, I, I felt like I needed to do more for the world. Well, when stuff like that happens, it makes you feel like you're there. So like church, man. And, um, when your children are born and when there's a song that comes on and you just can't help, but a tear comes out of your eye or you get the goosebumps or you just get that overwhelming yeah. joy. Well, to me, that's, that's God telling you you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. You're doing the right things right now. This is right for you. And, um, and I want to feel that as often as, as humanly possible, yeah, rather like yeah. I, and I want to share that. And so, um, one of the things in church right now, they, they ask us this question is how do people see Christ in you mm -hmm. and brotherhood, yeah. man, the yeah. brotherhood, that's how people see Christ in me. Cause it doesn't matter if you're my enemy. It doesn't matter if you're my best friend. It doesn't matter if I've ever met you before in my life, I'm going to treat you as though you're my brother and I'm going to help you if I can. Absolutely. Man, 
that is that is solid. Um, there was a lot of nuggets in, in all of that, man. And that's that's so that's so real to me. In that spot, you said knowing knowing that you were in the right spot or what God told you or you felt that you were in the right spot. Is there any other scenarios in that, whether you was like reaching goals or, or something that you had in front of you that 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 happened? Yeah, man. I mean, I'll tell you, like um, one of the earliest moments um, that kind of led me to believe that I was on the right path and that I should continue to coach and that um, what I had hoped for um, as far as my children being in the right place in the right organization um, had kind of proven itself to me. So um, we I think it was I was coaching three fours. So third, fourth grade kids. Um, we were about midway through the season. Um, so our kids are, everybody's fitted. Everybody's got their stuff. We're into, you know, hitting and tackling. We've already gone through our jamboree. And I think we're maybe two games into the season at that point. So I guess not quite midway, but it seems like it because you go through so many weeks of practice (laughs) before you actually get to games. But, uh, I'd say we were about two games into the season, right? We're out practicing and we get these two young boys that, um, were adopted family. And uh, obviously they had had a, a bit of a hard life. You could tell, I mean, one kid just, he wouldn't even really speak or um, look you in the eye. He was real timid. Um, and the other boy, he, he loved football. He was out and he, he was, yeah. uh, you know, he was all about it. But um, these kids, they, they didn't have anything. They didn't have cleats. They didn't have practice pants. They didn't have water bottles. They, they, the boys they just didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, I put a I put an email out um, to the parents, uh, letting them know that we had two additions to our team mm-hmm. and that we were going to accept our brothers, and um, we were looking to try and help them out. Uh, we we wanted to get them cleats, we wanted to get them um, all the things that they might need, and so I just basically put it out there to the to the to the organization and to my team. Um, if we had anything, let's just put our arms around these these boys and make them feel like they, we've got a home yeah. for them. And, um, man, just the overwhelming flood of things that these parents, we had moms just going to Foot Locker and buying these boys' cleats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had other moms bringing just bags full of um, practice gear. I mean, these kids ended up with better gear than some of the kids <laughs> that had been playing for years. I mean, they had the under skeleton and, I mean, under armor pants and just, I mean, these, and to watch the joy on this little boy's face as he laced up those pair, that pair of cleats. I think we all, most of us shed a tear that day. I think a Absolutely. lot of us, it, it really touched our heart. And it was just one of those things where, uh, like I said, with, with my brother's funeral about how the whole town had just kind of wrapped their arms around my family and made sure that my mom and my dad and, and everybody, we were all taken care of and that our community was behind us. And these boys had to have felt that way. These boys had to have felt that love and that they want me here. They want me to be here. I, I don't know their story or how they came up to be adopted. Or I, I honestly, I don't even know that they were really less fortunate. I just know that they showed up to the practice field and they didn't have anything. Right, right. Um, so we, we wanted to be able to provide that for these kids. And, and just and, and this this organization, um, 
has continued to to do things like that over the course of the seven years of me being there um, to where I've just seen them reach out to these kids and and uh, sponsor children in the community that wouldn't be able to do it unless um, somebody were able to reach out or donate or 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 what else that you know that goes into that right. to, to make these kids eligible to play and um, you know like picking them up for practice uh, taking them home at the end of the at the end of practice or waiting there because dad had to work late and he's not going to be there until you know 8 30 instead of eight o'clock where everybody else shows up you know sometimes that's really hard as a cook because we i you know i i gotta go home and feed the kids right, and get right. them bathed and they got school the next day and you know i gotta live that stuff but you know what did i sign up for what is my commitment and my commitment is to make sure that all these kids have a good experience and they remember their first coach right so um if their coach takes off at the end of practice and they're sitting there scared <laughs> in the dark wait for their dad you know right. i failed and uh so i take every every you know everything that's involved with being a coach very seriously um because these kids depend on you absolutely you know yeah because we're, we're, we're responsible for so much more than just teaching them the game like like we've shared over and over throughout throughout these episodes with you is it's about the brotherhood it's about you you've said young men a lot of times right we're so some of the times, like you've been fortunate to have the, a lot of the, the same crew for seven years. So you've seen these these young boys now become young men and it becomes so much more real. And so that's I mean, that's part of why we're doing this. Right. Not not only coaching, but but this podcast and getting our stories out there. Right. We're we're trying to help not only coaches. Right. See the, the importance of what really we're really responsible for, but also like a, a chance to have the kids understand what we're here for and that they can reach out to that to us and whatnot. And one of the things that I, I want to make sure you share, because your presence in my life is very motivational. And I want to know um, what drives you, what's your motivation. Um, and not, not so much just in coaching, but just in life, what's motivated you to be where you're at? Well, not to sound like every quarterback at the end of every football <laughs> game, but God is a, is a, is a big time motivator for me. Um, and not in the sense that I need to do everything the Christian way and all that stuff, which I, I do, but, um, the, uh, the, the motivation of getting up and being responsible and, and being somebody that somebody can look up to, um, being motivation for somebody, um, building the brotherhood, doing these things. These are all things that I feel one of them. So, so I, I don't know if this is exactly going to go along the lines with your question, but one of the main reasons I'm so supportive of this podcast mm -hmm. and what you're doing here is because I feel that this is another avenue to strengthen our community. Right. Um, because this is going to go out there and you're going to, you're going to send this to kids that you might've coached kids. I might've coached. It's going to go to coaches that we might've coached together or coached against um, in seven years of coaching and, and in your years of coaching, we've, we've played a lot of different teams oh, from yeah. a lot of different communities and a lot of different pla places. And I believe, that this is is providing an avenue for us to strengthen that brotherhood um, like you said because we don't have the football field um, right now but w we can you know do this in other areas throughout our life we can we can continue to build that brotherhood and that bond and that motivates me um, to know that I can play a small part in making a community great and a place for my children to live and your children and and yeah, I mean, Dylan's driving a car. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I, yeah. I watched your kid young playing youth sports and now he's out driving a car. My son's not that far away, <laughs> brother. So the gray hair for the both oh, of us yeah, is, yeah. is, is sprouting away. Um, but that's so rewarding, right? That's so rewarding. And I'm, pr- I'm proud of your son and I'm proud of hype man. Like yeah. he's one of the, he's one of my favorite kids to watch, you know, <laughs> and I've got so many of those kids. It's not just the kids I've coached either. They've got siblings, yeah. right? They've got younger brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, my center. He'd been my center for years. Um, he's gotten taller, so I hope we're going to try him out at tight end or something else later. But <laughs> he is just a great kid. And his, his mom's my team mom every year. And his dad coaches on staff with me. Um, and his sister, right? His mm-hmm. sister is tough as nails. She's young. She's great. Um, but she plays lacrosse with us, right? Nice. And so it's cool yeah. that I, because you know, I, I didn't mention in the podcast, but I coach lacrosse too okay. in, yeah, in yeah. the same community. But um that is just it's so rewarding hey coach you know i'm like i get to coach you now too yeah, like it's yeah. so cool to be able to do that that's such a huge reward and if that doesn't motivate you <laughs> as a coach right. you're not you're not in the right place you Absolutely. know i've gotten so many so many motivational reminders to say you're doing the right thing coach that's stay awesome. stay where you're at keep doing this yeah um I, I don't have a whole bunch of winning seasons uh in my belt or anything like that but um you know, I get a I get a book at the end of every season. And this is a, a lot of this goes, you know, is attributed to my team mom because she's been amazing and I've been fortunate to keep her every year. But she puts a book together, a memory book of all the kids and um, they all sign it and they get to write a message to me at the end of the year. And that's I mean, just you get to, you know, I have the first card, my very first card from my very first season with these little boys scribbly oh, signatures awesome. on there. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Yeah. Well, they're starting to drive cars and do things like that. Yeah. Hey, man, I got this card that you guys gave me, you know, and be able to look back at that. And um, another person, I guess, that motivates me that I should I should probably not leave out because um, he's a he's a, a daily uh, mentor and and people wouldn't necessarily expect that from me. Um, my ex-wife's father um, is he 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 played baseball professionally. He graduated from Puyallup High School. He is in my eyes, somewhat of a legend. And he'd be upset if he heard me say this. So I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this podcast, but he might get upset if he hears me say it. Cause yeah. I, I think the world of this man, I really do. I mean, it's unfortunate that uh, his daughter and I didn't um, work out and we split up for a number of reasons, but uh, my relationship with him is very, still very much intact. And um, when you take him to a Puyallup high school game mm-hmm. and he puts on his letterman's jacket <laughs> and he shows all the championships that he's got, you know, and you watch all these kids and adults, parents, everybody comes up and they're shaking his hand. They're patting him on the back. How you doing, coach? Yeah. How you been? He coached baseball there for years. He's just he's really well known in the community. And honestly, he's the one I think who gave me my my uh, foothold uh, initially. He he opened the door for me. He 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 signed my son up into football mm-hmm. and he, uh, he and, you know, the, the rest is history. Right. right? So, yeah. Um, and he's been continuously motivating me throughout the year. So I, I think I would be doing. Uh, disservice to not mention him um, as one of my great motivators because uh, again it is kind of rare right right like right you think when you you get a divorce and you split up that that you know you just wash your hands of that and, right. and you move on but um I, I've been very blessed um and 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 still very fortunate that they are a huge part of my children's life and mine so. absolutely well we're gonna end the way we're gonna always end this podcast as far as um 
just a just a motivational, um, whether it be a quote, Bible verse, um, whatever that may be, um, that you want to leave out here for people to know about what motivates you. Um, well, I don't know that it's necessarily a quote or anything like that, but I think that it works no matter where you are in your life, at what age or what level of sport or, or whatever, is to never forget your why. Mm. Always remember your why. Why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're a coach, why are you coaching? Right. You know, stay true to that. Um, you know, if you're an athlete, why are you an athlete? And why are you playing that sport? Mm -hmm. Why do you love football? Why do you love baseball? Um, and if you never lose sight of that, why? I think that you'll be successful. That's awesome. And just to end, I wanted to just thank you because um, I think we mentioned it in the earlier um, episode with you. There was a point in time that you and I um, came to a point where maybe we weren't going to coach or maybe even leave uh, organizations that we were at, um, which, I mean, like, like, like you mentioned, I, I did. But we came to a point to where we didn't know what our our future looked like as far as not just coaching, but just motivating kids like we've talked about. And the brotherhood is something so genuine between you and I that it's it's only it's 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 perfect that that we're that we're here today. We're coaching the way we do. But I have to um, thank you because through that rough time where I didn't know if I was going to be a coach, you were the one to keep telling me to keep doing this thing. Yeah, man. So I just want to thank you. And the reason why I, I, and I want to take a second on this podcast to thank you for who you've been in my life, not only personally, but on that field and doing what we do. Um, and it's, it's so, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing doing what we're doing so close together, two different cities, but so close together. And um, again, man, I just thank you for everything you are and everyone that's been listening. I really hope that you've got something from uh, Tim and his journey and the motivations that he's had in his life. Um, it's been a really, really pleasure uh, talking with you, Tim. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have you back a couple of times just for fun and, and, you know, maybe help me host a little bit. Whatnot. Who knows? But thanks again that. for being here. Um, thank you for tuning in. This has been Getting Real with Coachy podcast. Much love. Many blessings.